Welcome to The Appleseed, where we bring you and your family great stories from great storytellers. On today's episode, we will bring you a trace of forgiveness. I don't know why you're here. Oh, this is so, so sad. And man said, well, actually, I've come to ask you to come back to the village. And oodles of petulance. We want a king. You don't need a king, but we want one. Look, if you needed a king, I would have made you a king, but we want one. I'm your host, Sam Payne, and today we bring you two creation myths, stories that give us an account of how something in the world came to be. First up is a story about how people first got fire. It's told for you by Mara Menzies, and the story is called How Fire Came Into the World. It's recorded live in the Appleseed Studio. Here's Mara. is a story that I heard quite a few years ago, and it is a story from Southern Africa, a story from the San people. I'm sure that you must have heard of the San people, a very ancient people who live in the desert. Um, Some people used to call them the Bush people um, or the Bushmen, but they are the San people, and they have an incredibly rich oral tradition. And this is one of their stories. Is an old, old story. So old, in fact, that it takes place at a time when all the food in the world was eaten raw. Does anybody here ever eat raw food? Yes? Yes. Okay, so maybe the fruit, oh, the sushi, yes, and some fruit. But imagine a potato, huh? Imagine you pull that potato out of the ground and you crunch into it like an apple. Would you like that? One person would like that. Oh, well, this story is that old when all the food was eaten raw. And there was a man and his wife. And one day, they had headed out into the desert and they were looking for something very precious that they had buried earlier. They were looking for huge ostrich eggs. Now, the secret of the ostrich egg is that it can also act as a fridge. If you're ever in the desert and you find an ostrich egg, it can be a fridge because once you pop a hole into the top and you empty out all the insides, once you fill it with water and you bury it under the sand, it keeps your water cool, very cool and fresh for a long, long time. And so they were out looking for this precious nest of ostrich eggs that they had buried a long time ago when suddenly they stopped and they looked up and there in the distance, they saw a strange looking cloud. This cloud, it did not float across the sky like all the other clouds. This cloud, it looked like it was coming straight up out of the top of a mountain. And they had never seen anything like it before. And wife, well, she was very curious. And she said, husband, I don't know what that is but I want you to go and find out. And once you know what it is, I want you to come back and let me know. And if it is of any interest to me, then I will go and check it out for myself. And husband wanted to make his wife happy, and so he agreed. And wife took a little bag, and she packed some food in there for him, some nice, crunchy, crispy fruit and vegetables, and she sent him on his way. Pakatang, pakatang, pakatang. 
Pakatang, pakatang, pakatang. Pakatang, pakatang, pakatang. Pakatang, pakatang, pakatang. He marched, he marched, he walked, he walked. He reached the mountain, he climbed, he climbed higher and higher and higher and higher. And when he reached the top, he saw a strange looking creature sitting right at the very peak of the mountain. This creature had a little hat that flickered and wavered in the wind. This creature had a yellow golden coat around his shoulders and this creature had blue and purple boots on his feet. And the creature said, Man, you have come. Come closer. Come and sit next to me. And man was shocked. He said, Who are you? How do you know who I am? And the creature said, I am fire. And I have been brought to bring joy and happiness to the people of the world. Come, come closer. And so man went closer to fire. And the closer he got, oh, the warmer and cozier he felt, he sat down next to fire. And the two of them started to tell each other stories. Man told Fire about his wife and how wonderful she was. He told Fire about all his friends and what life was like in the village. And Fire told Man about everything that he could see from his lofty position on the peak of the mountain. He told Man about all the things that he could see on the other side of the mountain. And Man, he couldn't believe his ears. He took all these stories in. Oh, they laughed. When they told sad stories, oh, they commiserated each other. Some of those stories were incredibly interesting and man was sat there gripped to his seat. Oh, tell me that one again. Please tell me that one again. Story after story after story until man noticed that, oh, the sun was moving across the sky and it would soon be dark and it was time for him to go home. But hospitality was a very important thing for man. And he said, fire, I have really, really enjoyed our company. I would love, love if you could come to my house, to my village. Let me introduce you to my friends and my family. I would love it more than you could understand. And fire said, no. I am not going to leave this mountain. I'm going to stay right here at the top. However, Please, you are welcome to visit me any time you like. And so man respected his new friend's wishes and he headed down that mountain path. When he reached the village, he told his wife, Wife, oh, I have met the most incredible friend. His name is Fire. He told me all kinds of stories. You won't believe what our neighbors are doing on the other side of the mountain. My goodness, Fire has so many interesting and wonderful and unusual things to say. Oh, what an incredible person Fire is. And wife was delighted. She was really happy that her husband had found a new friend and she said, you should bring Fire down sometime. I tried, I asked, but Fire said no. Ah, oh, never mind. Maybe he will come in the future. And a few weeks later, man thought, you know, I really want to see Fire again. And so wife packed a little bag of some nice crunchy fruit and vegetables and she sent him on his way. Pakatang, pakatang, pakatang. Pakatang, pakatang, pakatang. Pakatang, pakatang, pakatang. Pakatang, pakatang, pakatang. He walked, he walked, he marched, he marched, he climbed, he climbed higher and higher. Fire! Oh, there you are. And fire 
was thrilled to see his friend. Oh, I am so happy that you have returned. I really enjoyed our conversation the last time. I have so many new stories to tell you. Come, come and sit next to me. And so man sat next to fire and again, they started to share story after story after story. And oh, fire was captivated by all the things that man had got up to. And again, the hours flew by. And when it was time for him to leave, oh, fire, please, please come to my village. My wife would love to meet you. I know my friends would love you too. But fire said... No, I'm going to stay right here on the top of this mountain. And so man respected his wishes. And what did he do? He headed back down that mountain. A few weeks later, he headed back up. And this, this went on for a few months, almost a whole year, until finally man said, Oh, fire, you have no idea how happy it would make me if you came down to the village. Everybody knows about you. And I just want everyone to understand how incredible you are. And fire said, Oh, well, there's a problem. You see, I have a huge appetite. And when I start eating, I just don't know when I'm going to be able to stop. And man said, what? That's it? Does anyone here have a big appetite? Mm -hmm. Yes, me, me too. And so fire, he said, well, yes, it's, it's just it could be problematic. And man said, don't you worry. If that's all it is, do you know how much food we have in that village? We have got eggs. We have got milk. There is a seasonal river that is just happening right now. We have plenty of fish. We have fruit. We have vegetables. Come, I promise you will not go hungry. And so, umming and eyeing, fire finally agreed. Okay, I'll come down in three days' time. Oh, man was ecstatic. And he rushed down that mountain path and he told all his friends and family, fire is coming. He has agreed. But we need to make sure there is plenty of food. We don't want to embarrass ourselves. And he started to hand out instructions. You go and get the carrots. You go and get the potatoes. You go fishing in the river. You go milk the cows. You go fetch the eggs. And everybody brought as much food as they could find. And they piled it on huge mats right in the center of the village. There was a mountain of food. And man thought, hey, fire will have such a good time here. And the days were passing, three days, two days, one day, and then he saw that cloud, that strange cloud, that plume of smoke, slowly starting to make its way down the mountain path. <gasps> He's on his way. Oh, finally, you're going to meet fire. And fire was excited. This was his first time off the mountain and he couldn't wait to see man's world for the first time with his own eyes. And as he was busy making his way down that mountain path, he suddenly looked and oh, there were some rather delicious looking blades of grass and he thought, I'll just have a little taste and whoosh, he took them and mm, 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 they were good. And so whoosh, he reached out and he took some more. Oh, mm, mm, mm. oh, they were so good, in fact, that he wanted some more. And soon, whoosh, 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 hum, 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 mm, mm. he was gorging himself on grass until soon 
That grass was not enough. The more he ate, the hungrier he became. And he was reaching out for the bushes. And he was reaching out for the low-lying branches of the trees. And of course, now, as he ate more and more, he became larger and larger until soon the animals were fleeing from fire, the insects were buzzing, the birds were flying high in the sky. There were huge swirls of smoke. And the villagers, they looked up and they said, Oh... Fire is bigger than we had thought. <laughs> you don't know fire. Fire is my friend. I know fire better than anyone here. Fire is small and sweet and friendly and kind and full of stories. You will love fire. But man was wrong because fire was now a wall of flame. He was consuming everything in his path more and more and more. He could not stop. And as he raced towards that village, the villagers began to be filled with fear. So scared, in fact, that when they saw this towering inferno racing towards them, they turned and they raced towards that river. They jumped in and as they did, fire hit the village. He ate up the roofs of their houses. He gobbled up the walls. He went into their homes and ate everything that he could find until there was nothing left to eat and poof, he burnt himself out. And it was then that the villagers, they emerged from the river, they headed back to the village and oh, it was awful. They couldn't believe their eyes. Their homes were gone. There was nothing left, just charred skeletal remains. And wife was not happy. Husband, you told us that fire was your friend. You told us how wonderful he was, how amazing he was. And look, look at what fire has done to our home. How could you do this? And man felt terrible. He felt he had been betrayed by his best friend. He said, this is awful. I never want to see fire ever again. And as they walked through the village, trying to see if there was anything that they could salvage, when they reached the center, they noticed that something was different. <laughs> hmm. And when they saw those mats piled high with food, well, wife noticed that those potatoes looked a little bit different. And so she picked one up and, oh, it was hot and, and it was a bit soft. And she broke it open and the smoke and steam began to emerge and, oh, it smelled rather good. And she bit into it. Oh, oh it was the most delicious thing that she had ever eaten. And she picked up a carrot and, oh, Oh, mm, 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 mm. She picked up some, an egg and the egg had been baked, the milk had been boiled, the fish had been roasted, the carrots were caramelized, oh, the food was cooked to perfection. And soon all the villagers were eating up the food and it was so good that wife said, husband, ha, you go and bring fire back. And husband said, no. Fire is no longer my friend. I want nothing to do with him. Our friendship is over. And wife said, don't talk nonsense. Fire is just like you. Fire is just like me. Fire is like all of us. 
You told me how many stories he told you, what a good friend he was, how kind and wonderful he was. Yes, he has a wonderful side and he has many gifts to offer. Look what the gift he has given to us. But yes, he has a dark and dangerous side. So we just have to find a way to balance it and manage it. You go and bring fire back. <sighs> she packed a little bag with the most delicious cooked food. Pakatang, pakatang, pakatang. Pakatang, pakatang, pakatang. Pakatang, pakatang, pakatang. Pakatang, pakatang, pakatang. He marched, he marched, he climbed, he climbed. And when he reached the top, there was fire. <sighs> fire felt terrible. He realized what an awful, awful thing he had done. And when he saw man, he was so filled with shame. And he said, I'm so sorry. I tried to tell you. I tried to warn you. I don't know why you're here. Oh, this is so, so sad. And man said, well, actually, I've come to ask you to come back to the village. And Fire was confused. He said, but I destroyed everything. And he said, well, yes, you did. But you gave us this wonderful gift of cooked food. We'd love to have you back. How am I going to get there? You saw the damage and destruction I did the last time. And then man reached into his pot, into his bag, and he pulled out a pot. And he said, if you jump into this pot, I will carry you down that mountain. And then you won't be able to do any harm to anyone. So fire agreed. Bump. He jumped into the pot and man carried him down. And when they arrived, they saw that wife had created a little house for fire, three big stones. And so man poured fire into the center of his little house. And to this day, fire keeps his promise of bringing joy and happiness to the people of the world. Thank you. Mara Menzies with a story called How Fire Came Into the World, recorded live in the Appleseed Studio. Mara's story is, in some ways, what people call a pourquoi story. Pourquoi is the French word for why. And a pourquoi story is a tale that tells in a fictional way how something got to be the way it is. Some pourquoi stories are pretty well known. A lot of people, for example, know the story How the Elephant Got His Trunk by Rudyard Kipling, or the West African folktale, Why Mosquitoes Buzz in People's Ears. Other Pourquoi stories aren't bound for fame, just fun. I remember driving home late with my dad one time when I was a kid, and on the side of the road, our headlights caught a paper drink cup like you might get at a convenience store. He was standing perfectly upright on the side of the road. We stopped and picked up the litter, but we spent the rest of the ride home swapping made-up stories about how the cup might have wound up that way, standing upright on the side of the road. Our own pourquoi stories. My story involved a couple of cowboys and a pickup truck. My dad's story involved a mild earthquake on the other side of the world. Pourquoi stories are fun to make up, fun to tell, and fun to hear. I loved Mara's story, and that memory is where it took me. Where did the story take you, and who will you take along? (music) 
I want to introduce you to another show from the BYU Radio family of podcasts. It's called The Lisa Show, and it's hosted by comedian, believer, actress, single mother, Lisa Valentine Clark. The Lisa Show delves into the multitude of challenges and relationships that shape our lives, whether it's parenting, mental health questions, social issues. She and her council of moms will tackle it. She'll help you figure out this thing called life with a lot of laughs along the way. Lisa is a great person to hang around with. The Lisa Show. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, all kinds of places to listen to The Lisa Show whenever you like. The Lisa Show from BYU Radio. It's a pleasure to be with you today on The Appleseed, and it's time for our second storyteller, Donna Washington, who comes from North Carolina, with a story called Frog's King, recorded live in The Appleseed Studio. Here's Donna. When I was a child, I remember this thing that we used to say. What if you got three wishes? What did everyone say? What would you wish for? More wishes. wishes. That's exactly (laughs) it. Three more wishes, four more wishes. Oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. But I love stories where people wish for things. I'm one of seven children. And there are two different kinds of stories I like. Stories where people wish for things and stories where people get what they deserve. (laughs) And this is a story where you get both. And it goes like this. At the beginning of time... Naomi, the creator, was busy creating the world. Separated the land from the water, went back across the land, found a great big patch of of land, pulled up the grass, kept on going. Went to another great big place, pulled up a huge stand of acacia trees, kept on going. And then came another place and made a little pond. And after all of the land masses and ponds and waters were created, Naomi went back and put animals in all of those places. He went back to that place where there was that great big old grassland, picked up a great big piece of clay, made an elephant, put it down, kept on going. Came to that great big stand of acacia trees, picked up a great big piece of clay, made a giraffe, put it down, kept on going. Got to that little pond and thought, I'll make a special animal for here. Reached into the pond and picked up a little bitty piece of clay. Made a little frog, put it down, kept on going. (laughs) Now, Frog was a happy-go-lucky animal. He jumped around and ate bugs and sang. Until one day, one of the little frogs looked around and said, Hey, we don't have a king. (laughs) The other one said, Yeah, we don't have a king. And then they said that thing that lots of people say, that's not fair. <laughs> the ants and the beasts, they got queens. And, and the land animals have the lion, but who is the king of the animal that lives on the water and the land? It's not fair. We don't have a king. It's not fair. It's not fair. So they looked up to the creator. They said, Naomi. But he was busy. Excuse us. He was still busy. Yo-ho. <laughs> the creator looked down. It was the frogs. He said, frogs, what can I do for you? We want a king. You don't need a king, but we want one. (laughs) Look, if you needed a king, I would have made you a king, but we want one. (laughs) Look, you you don't need a king, but we want one. Look, I don't have time for this. I'm busy. The world is still not finished. Go back to your pond. (laughs) 
The frogs went back to their pond, but they were really upset. How many of you know a persistent child? (laughs) One who will not give up. All the frogs got together and hatched a plan. Every frog in the world began to sing as loud as they could for 24 hours straight. Twenty-four hours straight. And then, 48 hours. After a week of this, the other animals looked up to Naomi and said, please give them a king. No, Naomi was busy, but whatever. He went to the frogs. He said, okay, frogs, you win. I'll give you a king. (laughs) Okay, go to sleep. In the morning, you'll see your new king. They were so excited they went right to sleep. Well, the truth is, Naomi was busy. He didn't have time to make a whole new king. So he reached down to their pond, picked up a big rock, shaped it into a frog, and stuck it back down off in there. They woke up in the morning, and they saw their new king. He was bigger than they were. They liked that. (laughs) He sat really still in the water. They liked that, too. They jumped around their king. They ate bugs in his honor. And one day, two little frogs weren't paying attention, and one of them jumped right on the king's head. (gasps) They took a deep breath. They took a step back. They waited for the king to do something. The king was a big rock. (laughs) He could not do anything. Hey! One of them picked up a flipper full of mud and hit the king right in the face. They took a deep breath. They took a step back. They waited for the king to do something. The king was a big rock. He couldn't do anything. Hey! They grabbed their king. They turned him over. They buried him in the mud. They went back to Naomi. Naomi! He was still busy. Excuse us! <laughs> Yo-ho! He looked up. Frogs. What? We want a king. I gave you a king. We didn't like that one. <laughs> What's wrong with the king I gave you? He didn't do anything. Naomi looked down their pond and said, where is it? We buried him in the mud. (laughs) Why would you do that? Because he didn't do anything. Naomi was upset. He said, okay, you win. Go to sleep. I promise you in the morning, you'll have a king that does something. They were very excited. They went right to sleep. (laughs) Naomi took a little time and made a very special animal for them. He picked up a big piece of clay. He put it in their pond just as the sun was coming up. And when it was finally full, they saw their new king. He was bigger than they were, just like the old king. He sat very still in the water, just like the old king. But he was really different from the old king. He definitely did something. He ate frogs. (laughs) The frogs were so scared of him, they never asked for anything else. And that's why to this day, Crocodile is king of the frogs. (laughs) Be careful what you wish for, because you might get it. (laughs) And that is the story of Frogs King. Donna Washington with Frogs 
King. Thanks to Donna and to Mara Menzies as well for their stories today. Creation myths filled with imagination. What did you imagine as you listened? We hope you'll pass your stories on to the people that you love. After all, sharing and listening to great stories can really change your family's world. The Appleseed is produced by Wendy Folsom, Sam Payne, and Brian Tanner. Our audio engineers are Ashton Parkinson and Carly Wilson. The rest of the Appleseed team is Kelly Wehrmeister, Trent Horton, Evadane Hendricks, Miriam Arce, and Tristan Schetzel. A special thanks to the subscribers of our podcast who rate us or leave reviews. You help people find the show. We also love to receive emails at theappleseed at byu.edu. Your thoughts and comments help us to shape the future of The Appleseed. We're pleased and proud to be among the many podcasts produced by the BYU Radio family. And you can find episodes of The Appleseed wherever podcasts are found, on the BYU Radio app or at byuradio.org slash appleseed. I'm Sam Payne, and the whole team can't wait to be with you again on The Appleseed. Appleseed.